Can we turn up the beat? Yeah. DJ Direct. Don't be an attender. God saves you so you he can remake you into Christ's body. Be the church. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to Next Level Church. How y'all doing? Come on, come on, come on. Okay, that was really weak. Like, that was sad. Like, today we're doing it differently. We're not live streaming this way. We're live streaming this way. So like everybody's going to see you. So make sure you smile. Just kidding. Just kidding. We're not live streaming at all. Because we, the church, and we really want to put our emphasis on being together in one place. There's something really different when we show up together in one place. Amen. We can be scrolling 24-7, listening to amazing messages and worship, but there's nothing quite like getting together in the same room, singing the same song, worshiping the same God, and encouraging one another. Man, I'm so happy to see some of your faces. I'm happy to see all of your faces, but extra happy to see some of the faces we haven't seen in a while. And so it brings me so much joy that we have the freedom in this country to get together and lift the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on. I've not gonna, I'm not going to do the same introduction because you all know my name. And if John Cena can win the WWE Championship in his shorts, so can I. I can preach in my shorts. I think some people are like, Pastor D is preaching in his shorts. I'm not coming. And then maybe that's why we're not live streaming. <laughs> Good idea, right? They act like people are like, oh, all the religious people got offended today. We the church, we're exploring who we are, what we are, the power and the purpose of church. I think we're like on like week eight or something like that. Have you been enjoying? It's five, but we had three other amazing speakers. Come on, can we give it up? Pastor Andrew was here. Pastor Donal was here. They might be joining us later on. Pastor Shane last week online. My goodness. If you missed it, please go back and watch it because that was phenomenal. And Pastor Shane is uh, my group leader in my small group because uh, life is done in small groups. Amen. So in September, we're going to start small group and we're going to do, like I said, team night. We're going to have training for our worship team and lots of amazing things. So those of you in the dream team, we're doing a poll to find out which day is better for you, Tuesday or Thursday. So make sure you put a thumbs up on whichever day works better and we will try our best to, uh, you know, pick the one that works for most people and then we'll have to figure out the rest. Or you just call in sick every those days. The world is getting darker. The world is getting more and more difficult, especially when you're a Christian. Especially as a church, life is going to be more difficult in the next decade. I know our personal lives are difficult, but together to live as a Christian, I don't want to butter it up, but the truth is it's going to be more difficult. In the next decade, it's going to be harder to be a Christian. It's going to be harder for us to be the light of the world because sin is increasing sin is infiltrating every part of our life man you cannot even watch a Disney 
movie without some subliminal messages or some dark agenda sin is everywhere the truth is government policies are not going to change our hearts government laws are not going to change our hearts nothing of this world is going to change our hearts as individuals and as a church we are called to follow Christ not just to follow Christ just to look like Christians but to live in revival we are called to live in revival revival is not going to a conference it's not going to an event revival is walking with Jesus every day revival is being consistent with our walk with Christ and when we do that the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit man you know we have three layers the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit man our spirit man then starts to impact our soul our soul is our mind will and emotion and when the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit man and our spirit man impacts our soul then guess what our behavior starts to change but a lot of times we go the other way around we try to change the behavior so that we can walk more like Jesus but it's the other way around it's the Holy Spirit when we allow him to connect with our spirit man that's when the real transformation real behavior transformation starts and I truly believe that there's a new revival coming to our world there's a new revival coming to our church can I get an amen yeah. and we are part of that end time revival yeah. darker the world the greater opportunity we have to shine our light for Jesus but it's not going to be easy I'm going to be sharing with you from Matthew 25 and when I start talking about it you, you're going to get you probably know the story but this passage Jesus talks about what is going to happen before he returns to the earth you know Jesus coming back to give you a very fast summary in Acts chapter 1 after Jesus died and he rose again he ascended he was taken up and he went to heaven he's sitting on the throne in heaven Jesus before he left he said I'll be back. And he left. But he promised, I'm going, to pro I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll be back. That's the second coming. That's the good news. That he's coming back. But until then, that's the tough part. But I can give you a, a glimpse of hope because today we're closer to his return than we were yesterday tomorrow we will be closer to his return than today every day we're coming closer to the return of Christ and, and, and if anybody says oh Jesus is coming on this day or at this hour or this year don't believe them because no man knows the hour no man knows the day no man knows the year that Jesus is coming back so we got to live ready we got to live it's not to put pressure on you but you got to live your life as if you're gonna live for a hundred years so yes we gonna be homeowners amen come on you're gonna be business owners you're gonna be homeowners you're gonna rule and reign this land because that's what Jesus wants us to do he wants us to have dominion on this earth amen you're not called to be a, a slave or, or, or servant. Yes, you should serve Him, but He's called you. 
He has entrusted you. He has given you opportunity. And when, when you prove to God that you're faithful, He will give you ruler of me, over many things. Amen? And so that's, the, that's where we're going. Every day God is giving us opportunities. But the truth is, the darkness is also increasing. So we got to live ready. So you prepare and you live as if you're going to live for 100 years. But your faith is in a way that you're ready to meet Him today. So you know, sometimes people are like, oh, Jesus coming soon. He's going to come very, very soon. So I'm not going to think about retirement. You know, I hate retirement. Like I don't even want... Like, like I'm probably closer to retirement than most of you. Like I look, you know, young and, you know, so... Can I tell you the secret? Can I say the secret? I don't know if you know, but I was on, this is really embarrassing. We're family, right? You're not going to judge me, right? People are like, I don't know, man. Like you, can I? I was on mother's milk till I was three. That's how this perfect skin. <laughs> like, ew, man. How many of you drink milk in your cereal? So don't talk to me, okay? And uh, yeah, I never partied, I never drank, I never did drugs. So, uh, this is the compliment I, people are telling me, like, how are you so young? Like, you look 12. I'm like, it's the joy of the Lord. And don't do drugs. <laughs> it's too late to be on mother's milk now, so just, that's disgusting. That's, that's traumatizing even to say it. But, you live like you're going to live. You make decisions like you're going to live a hundred years. So you be careful. You be responsible. You plan ahead. Your life. But your faith is like you're ready. If Jesus comes in a twinkle of an eye, you're ready to go. In a blink of an eye, you're ready. We got to live ready. And the first part of that is living a life of repentance and a, and a life of revival. Walking closely with our God. So Jesus, in Matthew 25, He talks about what it's going to look like in the days just before He returns. Darkness is going to reign. Before Jesus returns to take us to heaven with Him for eternity, darkness is going to increase. So let's break it down from Matthew 25, verse 1 to 10. Awesome. Can we give a big hand to Pastor M? Like, she fits together. Amazing slides. And sometimes I don't give her enough time, but... Read with me, church. Put your paper Bible down and your notebook down and read. Read with me. This. At that time, come on. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. So, to clarify, the ten virgins, that's us. That's the bride of Christ. That's the church. We the church. We are the ten virgins. And we all have been given lamps to light the dark world. And we are going to meet the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Jesus. Verse 3 to 5. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became what? 
just like some of you during my preaching time. Not judging, just loving. I got to be truthful. Love in truth, right? Truth in love. Verse 6 onwards. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, what happened? Come on. The bridegroom? Oh, next slide, please. The bridegroom arrived. We're in verse 10 now. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Church, there's going to be a limited window of time. When Jesus returns, He's looking for a bride who is ready. He's looking for a bride who has oil. And that's the topic on that I want to talk to you on today. Bring your own oil. Can we stand together? Can we pray? Stand with me. Let's pray. Jesus, we declare that you are our God. You are everything. God, we want to be ready. We don't want to just do church and be at church and do Christian activities and and speak Christianese and be left behind. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts this morning. Give us understanding. Give us revelation. Show us Jesus. Transform our hearts, God. We want to be the bride. We want to be like the wise virgins who are ready for your return. Help us, God. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. As you sit down, turn to your neighbor and say, B-Y-O-O, bring your own oil. Some of you accidentally said something else, but that's okay. I know habits are hard to break, but in Jesus' name, we will break those. Bring your own beetroot or something you said, right? So let me just break down this part in four pieces, and then I'm going to give you four points. And then we're going to close and do a dance. Number one, we have a long journey ahead. The verse says bridegroom was a long time coming. We don't know when Jesus is coming. And sometimes we get impatient. And the world keeps getting darker and darker. That means as we're waiting for Jesus to come back, we need extra oil. That's the first point. You can write that down. We have a long journey ahead. Second thing, write down. The closer we get to Jesus' return, the more oil we're going to need. And throughout Scripture, we see that oil represents always the Holy Spirit. So as the world is getting darker, as life is tougher for Christians, as we are trying to operate as the church, as the ecclesia, the assembly of God, the bride of Christ, we are going to need more oil. And see, the the virgins were there. Some were wise. Some were foolish. So the Christians were there, but only some of them 
were taken. And that's, that's the scary part. That's the part that breaks my heart. Because I want everybody to be taken up with Christ when He comes. But the harsh reality is not everybody is going to be. There's a difference. Jesus differentiates between the wise and the foolish. It had nothing to do with strategy or you know, productivity or beliefs. It had to do with oil. The ability to have the presence of God. The ability to have the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives. Third point, write this down. Nobody else can bring your oil for you. See the five fools looked at the five wise and asked to borrow. No, it's too late. This is the time of grace we're living in. But there's going to come a time when the grace is done. It's too late. You don't bring it. You're left behind. And when you try to make things right and re it's too late. You got to bring your own oil. Nobody else can bring it for you. It's up to you. Fourthly, there are going to be many whose lamps go out. Many are going to miss it because they didn't have the oil needed. They're not going to make it in that day. Statistics. Let's talk some facts. Statistically, Barna Research Group, they did a research because they are a research group. They do research. Statistic just got released saying that in 2020, one third of Christians walked away from their faith. 33% of Christians worldwide in 2020 walked away. And I'm not talking about, oh, they stopped attending church because they're going to catch cooties and they're tuning online. No. One third of Christians walked away from their faith. That's alarming. And our church is no exception. So this is why Jesus is warning us. Some people's lamps are going to go out. And that breaks my heart. Because many Christians, many followers of Christ, gifted, anointed people have lost their faith. They've walked away. Maybe some of your friends, maybe your family, maybe you. And they walked away from their God-given purpose. And they've settled for lesser agendas. Worries of life. Instead of the mission of Christ. And Jesus is clear about His mission. Luke 19.10 Jesus speaking, He says, I have come to seek and save those who are lost. That's our Father's business. That's what He wants to do. That's His mission. That's what we should be about. By the way, Friday, I'm going for an outreach and evangelism conference. Free for you to come. Because we got to get better at evangelizing and outreaching. Amen? Because that's our Father's business. That's why Jesus came to the earth. We all want to become better at how to share our faith and how to reach people for Jesus. Come to this event. In the future, we're partnering with them to also come do trainings here. So make sure you don't miss out. Let me know if you can come on Friday. Here's another statistic for you. The average American watches four hours of TV a day. 
Four hours of TV in the night. The average American. Average American spends over seven hours a day behind a screen. So, uh, you might be like, yeah, I'm better than that. I'm only three and a half hours, you know, like I'm better. And older you get, the more screen time. So stop judging the young ones. Always on the phone, always scrolling. Uh, you're probably spending more time on your screen. All the old people are getting on the Facebook. On the Facebook. <laughs> so you can tell I'm getting old too. They're using the Facebook. <laughs> Sometimes these things. But church, let's be logical. If we're watching the news and consuming all these shows and movies and like I'm all for that. I studied that. I studied multimedia. I love animation. I love movies. I love... But if... Just think about it. If we are consuming the news and the series and the movies and like we're spending so much time with social media, binging, video gaming, say on average what? Three hours a night? Would that be reasonable? Like how many hours did you spend yesterday on, 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 on a screen? Okay, don't tell me. Say three hours a night, right? But then we come here on Sunday for an hour and 10 minutes. Once a week. That's not enough oil. That's not going to sustain our faith. Because the pull from the dark side is stronger. The influence is stronger. You might be a strong Christian. But when you evaluate the time you spend with God and godly things and fellowship and church and compared to the stuff you give to the world, it's not enough oil if we're truly honest. So is it any surprise that one third of Christians walked away? Is it any surprise that one third of people's lamps have gone out? We need the word of God. We need the oil of God. We need the presence of God. We need the power of God. So how do we access this oil? You ready? I want to give you four thoughts. How to access the oil. Write this in your notebook. Your imaginary notebook. The four thoughts how to access oil of the Holy Spirit. How to access the presence of God. You ready, number one? Tell me if you're ready. Thank you, Dory. Thank you, Pastor. Anyone ready? Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Number one, private communion with God. Point number one, private communion with God. I know you know this and I know this too, but this is one of the most difficult things to do. It's simple, but it's one of the hardest things to do. How do we access oil? Private communion with God. Luke 5.16 Luke 5.16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Luke 5.16 It's simple. We know that we should be spending time with God. Jesus knew there was so much on the line. There was so much at stake. There's a mission for His life on this earth. Darkness is increasing. Jesus was focused on fulfilling his mission and what he did is he secluded himself. He was becoming famous and everybody wanted him to do ministry and this and that and instead of spreading himself thin, he secluded himself. Private communion with God. We have to spend alone time with God, studying his word. Every day you have to prioritize. Who? Who has to prioritize? 
You have to prioritize. You have to prioritize being in God's word. Three quick things for you to remember. How do I have private communion with God? Is soap, soak, and seek. Say that after me. Soap, soak, seek. Soap, soak, seek. All right, tongue twister. So, soap, let me break it down real fast. All right, there you go. S is for what? Scripture. Allow God's word to, God's word to speak to you. O is for? Observation. What do you think it says? A is for? Application. How does it apply to me? And P is for? Prayer. Talk with God about it. That's the SOAP method. I've talked, I've talked about this a while ago, but just a quick review. This is the way you can study the Word of God. Second one is SOAP. Spending time marinating in the presence of God. Instead of, for example, you have to drive to work or go to school, whatever, you have some time. Instead of listening to random podcasts and talk show radio and Howard Stern and all this other stuff that just listen to the Holy Spirit. Just worship God. When you're in traffic, you know, you complain, you know, so much traffic in Toronto. There's no traffic. You are the traffic. Like if you're driving, you're the traffic. You're the one causing the problem. Don't blame others. Oh, so much traffic. You're the traffic. So while you're being the problem, you can soak in the presence of God. And I tell you, every time I'm down, I'm broken, I'm, I feel hopeless or like scared or... I just worship God. It's the hardest thing to get started, but once you do, God switches your attitude. God changes your heart. He gives you another perspective. Soak in the presence of God. And then seek. Give Him your first part of the day. Spending time with God, journaling, dialoguing with God. Don't just, it's not a monologue. Like some of you are so good at monologue. God, blah, blah, blah. And then bye. It's a dialogue. Write a question in your journal and wait for Him to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. That's how we have access more oil. That's why these things need to become a discipline in our lives. Check this. Disciplines keep us when emotion and motivation fails us. That's that. You got to hashtag that and give me some royalties. Disciplines keep us when emotion and motivation decreases. When we don't want to do things, if we've done the hard work of building that as a dis discipline, we will still do what we don't want to do. And all of us will go through seasons of our lives where we don't feel like reading the Bible, we don't feel like praying, we don't feel like attending church, we don't feel like committing to connect group on the weekday. But guess what? That's exactly what we need discipline. Because that's the power of habits in our life and so we want to help you with that and that's why we are planning to have weekday connect group and everything happening you know sunday plus a weekday is how you're going to get stronger in god and become a better disciple of christ amen so when we're in the habit of reading the word of god worshiping praying seeking him for ourselves when the storms of life come when the pains and the problems of life comes when the darkness starts to hover when it starts to invade our life we have oil already so a lamp will stay lit do you hear what i'm saying you're already in the zone with god you're already walking with god and you're already flowing in the holy spirit so when the storms of life and pains of life come 
Not if. When. When offense comes. When heartache comes. Your light will not go out. Your light will shine bright. It will stay lit. It will keep burning. Point number two. How do we receive oil? A rhythm of rest and restoration. How many of you are having a, a busy summer? Like, first thing when people ask you, how are you? What do you say? I'm busy. Can't keep up. Do you know Bible has a rhythm for rest and restoration? It's called the Sabbath. And last week was a Sabbath day for us as a church. And we're going to have another one first week of September. Now, not every week you're having a Sabbath from Like, don't get it twisted. Like, we're going to have another church Sabbath together first week of September. But other Sundays, come and join us and worship together with us. So, God created creation in six days. God is almighty, all-powerful. He doesn't need a rest. But He took the seventh day off. You know why? To show us the model, the example that we need to take one day of rest. He demonstrated that through creation, the way He did, the way He, he, he rested to give us a pattern to follow. Some of us just need permission to take a nap. Like you're not a good, bad person. Boo-boo, I'm telling you, you're a good person, boo-boo. <laughs> you, you just need a nap. I need a nap. For real, boo. Maybe in your upbringing, you were told that you shouldn't rest. You should just work all the time. That's what good Christians do. Because the devil never rests. Well, the truth is the devil also loses. And God says, you should keep the Sabbath holy. In other words, you stop doing all the other stuff. Stop doing work. So, we got to honor God if we want to enter into rest and restoration. So, rest and then restoration. Psalm 23, 1 to 3. Psalm 23, you know this by heart. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. You know that. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack anything. He makes me, what? Lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What is God is saying to us? Take a nap. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Man, must be comfy. Better than your empty mattress. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So how does my soul get restored when I lie down in green pastures? And He leads me beside still waters. The still waters lead to rest for my soul. So if you want to lack nothing, then lie down in God's green pastures so that your soul can be nourished. In order for your soul to be nourished, there must be still waters. It's linked. So I'm asking you, what are the things that restores your soul? What is it that there might be something in your life that you love doing that really brings joy to your heart? Have you seen the commercial maybe in the 90s? It's Zest Bar. The soap bar, Zest. And you know Zest? Or is that like too dated? Like it says, Zest brings you back to life. Anybody knows that? Come on. Tanya, have you heard of that one? Yeah. Zest brings you back to life. Like the guy's like, oh my gosh, my day is so horrible and I'm so tired. And he goes have a shower. And he puts the zest soul. And he's like, yeah, zest brings you back to life. 
maybe what brings you back you know that excitement is maybe like fishing any of you like fishing oh because your dad is good at it yes some of you might be gardening well i mean jesus loves fishing cuz jesus fished didn't he so you can you know be like booting i ain't got i'm i'm not going to be home today i'm going <laughs> to i've been hanging out with the wrong people booting i ain't going to be home today got to do and be like jesus i got to be like my savior cuz jesus went fishing well try that and tell me how it goes with booting maybe it's working on your car i've been doing some unnecessary things to the car but it brings so much joy to my soul What brings joy to your soul? Point number three: relationship with others who have oil. How do you receive oil? How do you maintain oil? How do you keep going? Relationship with others who have oil. I'm big on this, and I want you to really understand this. The Bible is clear that we need each other. We're not made for isolation. Yes, your faith is personal, but your faith was never intended to be private. Your faith is best lived out. with others. And one of our core values is that we are better together. And we truly believe that when we get together and when we are worshiping and and studying the word of God and and fellowshipping that something supernatural happens. That the power of God starts to flow as we gather together. We are the ecclesia, we are the church, we are the bride of Christ. Amen. The oil flows. not just on sundays as we celebrate sundays are celebration days but the weekdays in small groups life is done in circles not in rows so when we gather together in weekdays so start to clear your calendar as your pastor as your father in the house i want to encourage you start to make sure you can connect with us not just on sundays but also on the weekday one weekday the commitment for the church is very minimal sunday and a weekday that's it we're not going to be like fasting prayer meeting over here and then singles meeting and then couples me- it's nothing sunday and a weekday amen can you repeat after me sunday plus a weekday that's it because there's something supernatural that happens when we gather together in those rooms where you can be known loved and challenged this is why we don't encourage you actually we discourage you from church hopping because you need to be rooted and planted in a place so that people can get to know you so they can love you so that you can be known so that you can be challenged to become more like Jesus amen so those are the moments that the oil is flowing when we're together in person with real relationship hebrews 10:25 that's my last verse and i'm going to wrap up hebrews 10:25 And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is an end time verse. This is serious. So the closer we get closer to the return of Jesus, the Bible tells us that the more we need to gather together. We need to encourage one another more because Jesus is coming back. So he's saying stop excluding yourselves and being scattered come together meet together encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near jesus is coming back 
And He needs us to be unified. We need each other. That's why small groups are a big deal. In addition to Sunday. That's how we access oil. Last point, and I'm finishing. How do we get oil? Living on purpose. Knowing that God has more for you than just you. Knowing that when you invest into the house of God, whatever God gives you, that when you give faithfully your first and the best, when you tithe, for example, the 10%, you are placing your trust in God, saying, God, you can do more with my remaining 90% than what I can do with my 100%. Living on purpose. And I love that our dream team comes early and serve together and make a difference together because God has more for me than me. And together, we can run together. We can encourage one another because this world is all about selfish. Just go to the mall and they're like, you look so good in this. Buy this thing that you can't afford because wow, you can get that lifestyle. It's all about what you want and, and you wish you had and your needs and your desires and your followers and your benefits. And as long as you have, it's all about me, me, me. Comparison, competition, judging, gossip. If we live in a consumer lifestyle, we're going to run out of oil fast. And that's why God is inviting you to serve Him with your time, talent, and treasures. There's oil flowing in your life. Don't let the enemy stop it. I want God to use me beyond my human limitation. He can do that when you allow His oil to flow through you. And that's why I love our church. Because even now we're getting ready to significantly make a difference in the crisis in Sri Lanka. We are connecting and finding out the felt need, the important needs and how we can join together as the body of Christ, as Ecclesia. Join our hands together. Can you clap your hands if, you're, if your hands are not joining together? Can you? We're just beating the air. But when we join hands together, we can make an impact. Living outside of ourselves. That's where the oil is. That's where the Spirit is moving. And I love that about our church because we're a fearless church. There are people in the kids ministry serving. People came here early in the muscle and the tech and, and worship. You're living on purpose. And so the oil of God is going to flow through you. God is filling you up. So as I wrap up, as Jesus taught the story, He said, the people became sleepy. That's the last part of the verse. People became sleepy and knocked out. I want to ask you a question. When you look at the four points that I just shared, I'll read it out quick. Private communion with God. Rhythm of rest and restoration. Second. Thirdly, relationship with others who have oil. And fourthly, living on purpose. So when you look at these four points that I just shared with you, which one do you need to work on? Which one is lacking? Which one? Where have you fallen asleep? Which one have you ignored? Because Jesus is coming back. And He's coming back for His bride. And no man knows the day or the hour. But He's coming back for His church, for His bride. For the wise virgins, He's coming back. Who has their lamp lit who has their light burning in this dark world. Jesus is coming back for a church who's on fire for Him. 
And I don't want to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. And that's why I keep emphasizing. Attending. Coming to church is not going to save you. Getting baptized is not going to save you. Taking communion is not going to save you. But it's going to keep you in, a, in, a, in an environment of, in a community, in a life-giving community where you can flourish. And Pastor Emanai's heart is only to see you flourish. There's no other plan or agenda. So I want you to understand, I'm not just telling you to just attend meetings. I'm saying, put God first. Start serving Him. Rearrange your schedule. Make sure you can be in fellowship with others who have the oil of God. So let's not miss it. Let's stand together. I want to pray. And even you see in nature, you know, the, the geese, they fly in formation. They're not trying to like fly on their own, but they form a V shape so they can lift off the bird that is in front. From that motion, the next bird has more. Together we can pierce the darkness. Amen. The enemy wants to isolate us and de destroy us. But together we can pierce through this dark world. We can encourage one another. Build God's kingdom victoriously. And so this is why I plead with you. I, I want you to consider your commitment. Is it producing the fruits that you want to see? Are you giving your first and best to God? We got to keep our light shining. Like the nursery rhyme. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to let the fire go down. But I'm going to surround myself with others who are on fire for God. Just like when you're doing a fire, campfire. Join together. When your fire goes down, somebody else's fire will be so contagious. So we need one another in the same room so that the oil of God can flow. So that we can build healthy and high impact. And that's one of our core values. I can't do it for you. You got to do it for you. I can't bring your oil for you. Get your own oil. Let's pray. Jesus. Open our eyes, God. To realize that you are coming back. It's not a fable or a fairy tale or, or an imagination. But the fact is you are coming back, God. Lord, give us that urgency. So that we don't turn the other way. But move us to action. Through compassion. Lord, we don't want our friends and families and even our church members to go to hell or to be left behind to face the tribulation and everything else that comes after. But God, we want to be taken up with you. We don't want to miss it. Church, can you say right now, Lord, I don't want to miss it. Lord, rearrange my life. I want to be ready. I want to be part of the wise who's ready. Yes, God. So Father, lead our church. Have your way.
Thank you, Jesus. Just place your hand on your heart. Father, we pray that we will give priority to you. Help us, God, to build healthy habits in our lives so that we can build healthy lives and have high impact in our homes, in our church, in our workplaces, in our schools, highways and byways, in our neighborhoods and around the world. God, take away every toxic things and ungodly things out of our lives. Help us, God, to identify and to remove with your help so that we can be that bride with no wrinkle, no blemish, but ready for the bridegroom with the light, with the fire burning. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue to pray, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand or anything like that, but if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, if you haven't realized that this is for real and we need to repent because Jesus is coming back and not out of fear, but out of love for what He's already done for us. He doesn't have to do anything else for us because He's already paid for our sin penalty once and for all. So you can receive Jesus through your faith in Him. By faith, you're saved as you place your trust in Christ. And if you're not sure where you will go, if today was your last day, I want to welcome you to rededicate your life to Christ. So together as a church family, we the church family, let's pray together, repeat after me, and mean it from your heart. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. God, I'm a sinner. I messed up. Lord, I should have done better. But I let go of all my selfishness and insecurities. And I place my trust in you. God, you are the author and the finisher of my faith. You are my heavenly father. Lead me, God. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let your oil overflow. I am yours. Cover me by your blood. Let me be about my Father's mission to seek and save the lost. Not just look at myself and feel sorry for myself. But God, I have a mission given to me by Jesus to continue His mission to seek and save the lost. So God, give me oil in my land. Come on church, lift up your hands right now. Worship Him right now. And say, Lord, give me oil. Fill me, God, with your oil. Glory to you, Jesus. Lord, we want to see our brothers and sisters in this place finish the race. Either when our time is done on this earth or when you come in the blink of an eye that we may be taken up with you to heaven. Help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.